Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Jo Elliott, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Tales of Teaching Online. Today, I'm joined by Gillian Healy from the School of Life and Environmental Sciences and PhD student Anna Miltiadis. Um, and Gillian and Anna are going to talk to us about um, an open educational resources project they've been working on together. Um, so Gillian and Anna, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure, I'll go first. Um, so I am a teaching scholar, so teaching focused academic in the School of Life and Environmental Sciences. Um, and one of my main roles is a unit chair of the large uh, foundation biology unit, which is uh, called SLE 111 Cells and Genes. It's sort of biology 101, basically. Um, and it typically has a cohort of around 1,400 students um, across, that's across uh, Burwood, Warrnambool and Geelong. Um, and then we have a smaller offering in T3 as well. The, the large unit usually runs in T1, so. Yeah, and so I, as Joe said, I um, am completing my PhD, so I'm currently writing my thesis. Um, I've been involved in teaching as a PhD student um, at the, teaching the undergraduates uh, for about six years now and I started off in um, the unit that Gillian teaches so that's where I got my first experience from so I'm like really um, into biology I'm an ecology PhD um, I really enjoy teaching I love um, you know, interacting with the students I've had a lot of experience in Gillian's unit um, and I um, so once we've been running some of the lectures online I've been running the online support chat for the students during those lectures to answer their questions about the material the unit material um, yeah and so pretty much that that's um, what I've been doing up to now. I've been PhD in teaching, which I enjoy both of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's still quite a lot to, to be doing. Um, so Anna, would you like to tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing on um, open educational resources for, it's a first year unit, isn't it? Cells and genes? Yeah, so it's the first um, first year unit. Um, Cells and genes is more of a general um, overview of, um, I guess, uh, intro to biology. Um, it, in, I think it covers mostly what the students would be learning at um, so high school year eleven and twelve. Um, so recapping for the students who've already done that. Um, those subjects um, and then it's also um, easy for students who haven't done that before to jump in and learn um, all of those um, you know new I guess I guess it's new material for them but um, basic knowledge to most of us who've already done our degrees um, but even as a person who's done that before, you still need to refresh yourself once you jump back into it. Um, and so what I've been doing for that unit is um, it does have a textbook that is prescribed. Um, the students refer to that quite a lot during their first year and they will sometimes even take it into second and third year. Um, and what we've been trying to do is to replace that um, quite expensive textbook with um, more of an open education resource package. Um, so I've been looking for um, a, a 
readings as well as videos, interactive experiences that can um, help the students with their understanding of the material as well as make it more engaging for them because I think that's an important part of education is making what they're um, learning really engage, engaging but also um, being uh, facilitating uh, education for everyone doesn't matter what their uh, financial background might be um, because I think education it's important for it to be accessible to a wide range of people in the community. Sounds fantastic. So you're finding the, the different parts of, of the text and seeing how it's all going to, to fit together and what you're going to make the text up with? Yeah, so um, Gillian's um, shown me her unit materials, which I mean, I adore Gillian's teaching style. <laughs> uh, she's done a lot of effort into making sure that her unit materials are engaging. And she's been doing this well before she's decided to incorporate OER into it. Um, so her unit materials have like readings and videos that the students can watch. Um, and so what I'm doing to, I guess, enhance that is, as I mentioned, finding um, a free resources that are open source that the students um, don't necessarily need to have this expensive textbook um, to access the same materials um, and so I've been looking through some of the open um, education resource websites trying to look for um, uh, substitute textbooks um, so open, open source ones. I've been looking for videos. Um, one of the things that Gillian had shown me, which I wasn't aware of, are like simulations that the students can use. So it can help them figure out, you know, what a genes, uh, like how a genome's put together, how's DNA replicated, things like that. Um, and I think the students do learn a little bit more when um, they are put in that first-hand experience type situation. So I think it's really um, about not just giving them something to read or Gillian, some, as like she gives her lecture, someone to listen to, but also something for them to feel like they are doing and they are immersed in the whole learning process. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Gillian, what prompted you to start incorporating the, the open resources? Why was it so important to you to do this? Um, I just find that uh, there are more and more students who are uh, coming in who are struggling with uh, financial issues uh, and it is an it's a great it's the textbook we have at the moment is actually a really good textbook it's kind of the gold standard biology textbook but it is it's big and it's expensive and a lot of students just can't afford it and are forgoing those things um, and using online resources themselves and finding their own. And a lot of them are quite discerning and good at that, but I was uh, some of them aren't. And so I was like, well, why not uh, find a selection of resources for them that we have curated so we make sure they're of the quality that we want? Um, the other thing is that I also find that the textbook has a lot of information. It's a lot of extra information, which again, I think is wonderful and great, but I have to work with the reality of the fact that a lot of my students aren't 
necessarily passionate scientists. There's a lot of them in there. Some of them are doing it as part of a different degree that they might be doing. They're not all going to be scientists at the end of the day. Um, and some of them are just doing this first year unit because they have to as something else. And they just want what they need to know. They don't want all this extra stuff. And some of them don't have the capacity for all the extra stuff because they have to work 30 hours a week to support themselves or English is not their first language and they can't. So they they don't have the time and the energy to devote to all this extra stuff that I'm like, oh, that's amazing. They should be reading 15 hours a week on the extra. And it's like, well, they that's not realistic and it's not fair. So why not? give them the nuts and bolts that they need and then you can have that extra stuff there for the people that want it but the ones that don't want it or can't use it are just getting exactly what they need. I think that's a wonderful approach and just um, so focused on the students themselves and, and what they're all trying to to get out of, of their study experience um, and thinking about how we can best facilitate that. Anna, can you tell us a little bit more about what the process has been like? So you said you'd been looking at some of the um, open education databases to find um, different resources. How have you been um, going about choosing what's what's appropriate and making some of those decisions? Um, so as I have been supporting the lectures, I know pretty much what's expected of the students to know, um, you know, from you know, day one to exam, end of end of trimester exam. Um, so as Gillian has also mentioned, the textbook is that they that are that's prescribed now is very uh, detailed, very complex as well. Um, it gives, I think, sometimes too much information for the students to focus on what they actually need to know. Uh, so what I look for is not only uh, does it cover uh, the information that the previous textbook covers. Um, I also look for um, that it's a little bit simplified. So students who haven't uh, learned this information before can jump in and it's quite clear to them. Um, but then I'm also looking for some extra information that can um, you know, be for those students that are a little bit more um, either interested or dedicated um, and do have a bit of extra time and are curious and do want to explore further. Um, and so what I mainly focus on is um, accessibility. Um, so ensuring that it's good quality as well because I don't want them to have you know the wrong information um, but I also want to find extra bits that are engaging for the students and I find that I'm quite a, um, a visual learner so that when I see something that piques my interest it will usually stick in my mind and then I'll be able to remember that much better um, and even if the information I need is slightly tangential to that because I've got that grabby bit of memory to guide me then I'll be like oh yes and then that next bit was this um, and so I think that really helps the students um, when I'm choosing materials to put myself in that position and say uh, does this enhance learning and does it also engage the students and so I try to find a bit of a balance and I was a bit lucky that I got to do um, a session with um, one of our um, uh, staff members Angie who helped me find a few like 
Jillian gave me some good pointers and then I got to do a training session with Angie um, who showed me all these different tips and tricks of where to find open um, access um, resources and, and how to discern which ones are actually good and which ones like you know, maybe need a little bit extra work, you know, <laughs> yeah. And so I think um, that really helped me a lot. So I would, yeah, I think it's really important, um, you know, not just to be taken in when a website says, oh, this is open access, um, you still need to see, um, is it good quality and um, does it meet my requirements? But also, um, is there a catch for why it's open um, open source, you know, um, or, or is it actually because they want to enhance learning? Yeah. <laughs> some good tips there and it sounds like there's a bit of support um, there for people who um, might want to explore some open resources for their teaching. Um, what advice would you um, give other teachers who are interested in exploring using open resources? Um, Gillian, I might go with you first. Um, yeah, I guess we should we should give a big shout out to Angie Williamson from the library because she is the champion of open resources. Um, and I would say, as always, uh, the, the library are wonderful with stuff because they know uh, where to look. They can help you with the searching and also with the copyright side of things, which is really important. They have a whole copyright team who can help you uh, sort through that kind of murkiness. Um, the other thing I like about um, the other sort of tip I would say is that looking for resources that are um, in terms of copyright licenses, if you can find the ones that are um, Creative Commons that allow you to edit, um, then that it comes down to that thing of like Anna was saying, a lot of the open resources are, are relatively simple and that's good. Sometimes they can be too simple uh, but that's not a problem if you have the ability to edit. You can add in your own bits. And I have another colleague who's working on a um, open education resource for her unit too, and she's an ecologist. And the open education resources are often North American, so they're very North American focused. And so she is wanting to put in a whole lot of Australian examples. And so because it's an editable product, um, she's able to do that and just sort of slip out the North American example and put in her Australian example. So um, uh, getting a little bit of training and knowledge on that copyright side of things and then knowing, oh, okay, this is, if I use this one, I can, I can modify it to the way I would like it. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing I would say. Yeah. Anna, any final words of advice? No, I just want to like second what Julian said. If you've got um, some stuff at your, I, I guess, wherever you're working, um, that can give you some training. Um, definitely take that up. Um, I think if you've got a, a support network who can help, you know, double check and ensure that your, you know, your sources make sense or, or the material makes sense, that's always good to do as well. And yeah, as Julian said, if it's editable um, and most of it's making sense just pop in the little bits that you know you think will enhance your students learning as you know Julian's doing on her unit site she's putting in all these bits and bobs that will not just a reading not just you know a, a 
a block of text, but all these extra bits that will enhance the students' engagement as well as their understanding because we all know that if we're not interested in something, we're not going to pay attention and it's not going to stick in our, in our mind. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today um, and telling us about what sounds like a very exciting and valuable project. And of course, some wonderful words of wisdom for anyone else interested in starting. Gillian uh, and Anna, thank you very much. Thank you for having us, Joe. Thank you for having us. <laughs> it was really fun.